Welcome to Permission to Win, a podcast asking life's most fundamental questions, like what is permission? Who needs my permission? And why are we talking about permission anyway? In each episode, your co-hosts explore different ways to say it's okay, discussing all the different permissions we need in our lives to do or not do the things that we do. Now, in case you think you need it, here's your permission to join David and Kim. Kim, have you been sharing your story lately? For decades, David. <laughs> I don't I don't share my story. I I have a podcast to do that. Otherwise, I don't talk. So between podcast recordings, I don't talk to anybody. Okay, wait, can you hear that loud chuckle coming out of me? Because that's funny. <laughs> well, you know, I just don't know that I've got a story to share. Well, I disagree. I think you have many stories to share, and I like to hear your stories. Well, I'll see if I can make up a story before, before all is said and done today or something. I'll, as <laughs> as people, people come to my office and, and they say, uh, I have a question, and my typical response is because I'm, you know, I'm hilarious is I'll make up anything you want to hear. So I'm, I think that's a true story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we're disappointed and sad today because our standard co-host, Carrie, is not with us. She had better things to do than to hang with all of us. <laughs> Well, maybe that's not the case, David. Oh, maybe well, that's well, not what it is. Well, like I said, I'll make up anything our listeners want to hear. Gary's rocking a huge in-person event and just needed the time that we all take up from her. <laughs> <laughs> she finished doing all the things she needed to do. She's she's responsible for an enormous event. So it is very exciting. Well, that's good for her. But. We have filled her shoes with <laughs> our very own Holly Totten. Holly Totten. <laughs> yeah. Don't put me trying to fill Carrie's shoes. That's impossible. <laughs> I am very glad to be here, but I'm not wanting to live up to filling Carrie's shoes. <laughs> I think none of us can, Holly, actually. I think that's the real case. Mm-hmm. I do want to take a second, though, and tell the world who you are, Holly, because I think you are an incredible human. You are a podcaster. You have Teaching Yourself to Learn podcast. You talk about the third half of life, which I'm sure we'll get into because it's hysterical to me. That didn't add up for me mathematically in the beginning, and I was struggling. <laughs> but you are an incredible writing coach writer i want to add that one to editor and you lead the charge for a lot of new authors to become published in such a sexy way so i am impressed but i know your greatest title is being nini <laughs> like i know Absolutely. that's your favorite <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I, I'm very excited to be here with y'all today. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk. Well, you have stories or you help understand. I'm going to use this terminology right here. 
you help people drag the story that's hidden within them out and get Absolutely. it onto what well, we don't use paper anymore, but what, what, how do they do that? Some people use paper, David. That, that's one of the things <laughs> we talk about is how are you going to write? <laughs> but yes, I do. And you know, that's the, when you said that a minute ago about, you don't have a story. That's the, the thing I hear more than anything else from people is either I don't have a story or I don't have a story worth sharing. And so that's the very first battle that I have to combat with people because everybody has a story. You don't live to be however old you are without having stories. And so we we talk about that and we figure out, you know, what it is that you can share with the world to make it a better place. And that's really what it's all about. When we share our stories, it's to help others and to make the world a, a better place to be in. And everybody can do that. I will say that I was complaining to someone about my story, having some bumps and hills and rises and falls and all these things. And when I say my story, I'm talking about the, my story of life. Mm -hmm. my book which is forthcoming any <laughs> any day now just look for that uh info at your permission to win.com i'll get you on the mailing list <laughs> if they still have email by the time that that comes out i'll send you a copy <clears throat> but as i was lamenting some struggles somebody reminded me that all the compelling stories that we've ever read that have ever any movies that have ever been shown even even documentaries usually have a level of conflict and without conflict there is no story that's right they don't turn on the news to tell you how beautiful it was today they turn on the news to tell you what went sideways mm -hmm. or what you need to think about in the future right now i i agree with that and you know I, most of what I deal with, David, is nonfiction, and that's one of the things that I always that we talk about is you have to have tension and suspense in nonfiction, and people don't realize that they think that goes with fiction, mm -hmm. and it does. But it's also it's with any story you have to have the the conflict, the tension, the suspension to be able to relate. That's what people relate to. You know, when you tell a story, the the way that makes it what people want to hear, what people need to hear is the parts that they can grab a hold of. And those are the parts that they've struggled with in their life. And it may not be the exact same thing, but it's the same emotions and the same feelings, the same type conflict, the same, same type suspension. And so that's, that's where your story becomes valuable to others. If it's all roses and sunshine, people will listen for a little bit and that's about it. So, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't, I mean, it, it has to have some roses and sunshine in there as well, but it, it can't be all that because life is not all that. As much as we want it to be, it's not all that. I mean, I remember in kindergarten learning a great story, A, B, C, <laughs> D, E, F. Nobody cares about that story. They learned that story. They heard that story. I know that's not a story, but there's no conflict in the alphabet. Well, there's, there's conflict in the numbers because six is afraid of seven. Do you know why? Because I seven. do, because I taught first grade. 
or call 789. Oh, my gosh. Yep. There's your conflict. There's your conflict. So. <laughs> and for any commentary on that fine joke, that would be David White at info <laughs> your permission to win.com. <laughs> yeah. Care of that guy. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> So, Kim, tell us about your aspects of story. Oh, I think story makes the world go round, honestly. I think if you don't have a story or you're not sharing your story, I should say, then I think you're missing out on the influence that you can have to help other people. I think your story gives impact. It creates the influence. It really does help when someone feels like, you can relate to them versus you, you know, like Holly said, the roses and sunshine and there's no conflict. There's nothing ever happened. People can't relate to that because there's nobody on the planet that's had that happen. So I feel like that is a, it's a huge relationship builder when you can tell your story and help somebody else. Well, I, I will say this. We, we talked about the conflict. Oh, that's right. I mentioned that. Um, Good job, David. We talk about the conflict and some, and sometimes we feel like, I think when, when we're asked to tell our story, we feel like our story isn't as good as someone else's story because it doesn't meet what we feel is dramatic enough or whatever it might be. Growing up in a, in a church setting, there are these you know, conversion moments where somebody quote unquote sees the light and they, they decide to join the church and, and, and there's these, what they call these big conversions, which is a silly word, but it, you know, I was a really, really, really bad person and I did all these things. And then all of a sudden the Lord spoke to me and now I'm a good person. And this massive turnaround, which just doesn't take away anything from somebody who is not a quote unquote bad person and becoming a member of the church. It's the same conversion you've decided to do the same thing. It's just, you came at it from a different direction. That's a, to me was always a fascinating story because I mean, I fell into the trap of my goodness, you know, somebody else's quote unquote testimony is so much stronger than mine. No, it's just a little bit more dramatic. All right. That's a very good way to put that, David. And, you know, when I start working with people with their stories, that's what I get. You know, they they just don't think their stories are worthy as compared to the really dramatic ones that we hear and that make movies and, you know, that type of thing. But as they start writing and what I tell them is just start writing, you know, don't worry about, you know, the, the cross T's and the dotted I's and the ands and just start writing and I read what they write back to them and I, I will find the places that, you know, this and I will tell them this is where you're going to get the people that have been so and so and done this and that are worried about this. And because you just explained how you handled that and you can see the light in their eyes. And I absolutely love that part because all of a sudden, you know, they're sitting a little taller, their shoulders are back a little bit and they're like, oh my gosh, I, maybe I do have a story and you know, they, I love helping people uncover that and it can only happen once they start telling it and until you, you know, write it, say it out loud, get it out there. 
you don't know really the depth of what it can do to people. And it doesn't have to be the dramatics that you're talking about, but it's hard to realize that until someone can help you figure that out. And you've got to let someone help you figure it out. A lot of times, yes. So yeah. Holly, I'm, I'm going to hire you and you're going to help me figure out my story. Okay, right now, go ahead. I got it. Um, go ahead and tell me the <laughs> most dramatic moment in my life. Go ahead. Well, you got to give me some info first, David. <laughs> you mean I have to start writing first? That or talking one or the other. <laughs> oh. I got to have something to go on. <laughs> so effort. Ugh. <laughs> so I want to hop into this part. Because this is a really important piece of this puzzle. And that is, you know, me and my, you can't steer a parked car. If you are struggling with your story, Holly has a great way of bringing it out by even asking the questions. Because we bury stuff so deep that we don't think is valuable or that we live through. And then you kind of get to get past the mud to get that stuff out. And that's one of the amazing things that can happen when you have somebody help you with that. And Holly is brilliant at pulling the right stories out, pulling the information that really needs to go out to the world. And I think that I know, I know you're being silly, David. No. But, <laughs> but I think that that's a really important part. I, I am not a writer. I don't have any desire to be a writer. I don't have any desire to, you know, spend my time making sure my grammar is right and my sentence structures are right. And that's the one of the huge values of having somebody like Holly in my life is that I can concentrate on just getting my story out there and Holly can fix it. That's what I'm going to call it. You know, she doesn't change the truth of it but she can make it a lot more palatable, relatable, shareable, 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 distributable, viable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Holly has a, has a saying, Holly, do you want to share your thing about being a writer versus an author? Yes. And, you know, one of the things I say is I've been writing since I was old enough to hold a pencil, which is true. But I also understand that not everyone is a writer, but everyone can be an author. And that comes through telling your story and letting someone that can write it for you, help you write it, fix those mistakes and all the things that go along with that to get it down on paper, paper to make it shareable. As you say, David, you don't have to be a writer to have your book written but it's not hard writing is not hard i can i have i can hold a pencil i can type on a keyboard it's not hard i can write can i you sure can i can probably also rebuild my engine and align my wheels <laughs> while i'm driving down the road i mean it, there's all kinds of things that i can figure out and learn how to do but right just right. so you know that's not even what i'm interested in doing either one of those <laughs> i'm not going to build an engine just because i want to drive a fast car and mm. i'm not going to write a book just because i want to be an author so i think that's really great analogies of it is <laughs> what is possible but i'm not doing that david why <laughs> It, it most definitely is a great analogy. <laughs> well, my, my point is, and I think, it, I think everybody got it, but I'm going to, you know, mansplain it anyway, that <laughs> we sure hope so <laughs> just because we think, well, I should be able to do this. It's not that hard. 
I record audiobooks. I don't read books a lot, but I record audiobooks often. <laughs> and <laughs> the the thing is, people look at that and say, "Well, it's just reading a book." I can read a book. Well, yes, it but it's it's different. It's it is a sometimes it's inherent, but, but usually it's a learned trait to be able to read for not straight, but 10 hours and be fairly consistent from the beginning to the end and then do all the stuff and all the things. There's just a lot of work and effort that goes into that and quote unquote, anybody can do it, but can they do it the way that it is marketable, the way that it is shareable, that other people are going to enjoy absorbing it. Right. I think that's a, a very valid, good statement, David, you know, because we do have stories to share. We have ways that um, to write them, but a lot of people can't just sit down and simply write a book that is publishable and <laughs> being able to have someone find someone that can help you do that makes your story shareable and therefore helps the world be a better place. It all, all goes together. <laughs> I think it's important to like say though, whenever you're trying to learn anything, even if it is engine building, David, I think that you need that person who has done it, who knows what they're doing, who understands the whole big picture of it. And I think Holly's that. Like Holly, I feel like you give such a, big picture view of what a story can do in the world and I know that you are impacting lives you've already helped multiple people this last year become published authors and I feel like that is a an amazing thing because if you listen to what all of them have said the majority of them said out loud they didn't even know they wanted to write a book <laughs> they didn't know they had a story. They didn't know. And I feel like that is a powerful thing. I mean, we can giggle about it and we do with them. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's very powerful because that can't be taken away from them now. Right. They are, they are published and that's a, you know, permanent thing. Yep. That's a, to me, it's very exciting. I'm going to throw out another analogy here. I'll use my analogy of my daughter. She is now out and married and living her life, but she realizes that there's things that she can do that aren't insurmountable. That it's just like, oh, a human being without you know massive trade skills and degrees and all this stuff can do things that seem that seem tough, but they're not. They're not that tough once you break it down into the little steps. I love that. I, I think that applies to so many things in life, David, and writing, um, anything that we attempt to do. So, so in my early 20s, I'll share a story. <laughs> and it's a true story. In my but early Those are the only ones we want. <laughs> I just want to clarify, you know. <laughs> in my early 20s, I had little babies and I was living in the country our mower broke and I did not know that weed eating could be done by anyone. Speaking of your daughter, not knowing, <laughs> I, 
I am as serious as I can be. Y'all, y'all have to know it. This is a true story. I was devastated because the weeds in my front yard were, were taller than me. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do when I was out trying to, you know, like cut them down with this little saw thing. And I was doing, and one of my neighbors came by and she told me, she said, don't you have a weed eater? And I said, yeah, like I do have a weed eater. And she said, well, why aren't you using it? And, and I never even thought about I could. And I told her I didn't know how. And she came literally and helped me cut this big, you know, patch of weeds down. I was so empowered. I spent the next, I don't know, 30 something years loving weed eating because it empowered me that she showed me I could do it. And I feel like that is the same thing that stories do for people is they just don't know they can tell them. They don't know the value in them. My yard was beautiful after that, but I didn't know how to get there. And I think that that, that is the same kind of thing I think about with your analogy, David, your daughter was empowered to know that she could do something that before that was something over there. And I think writing your story is like that. Oh, I would love to be an author one day, or I would love to have a story to share. And we don't realize that, you know, Holly can bridge that gap for us, teach us how to use the weed eater, <laughs> teach us how to, how to do the thing, how to put in the hot water heater, <laughs> how to put in the hot water heater. Seriously, mm -hmm. that that's a very empowering thing that you do for other people, Holly. Right. I'm, I really enjoy doing that. And, you know, one of the things I try to get across to people, and I don't know if this stems from so many years of teaching and, and seeing my students and remember being a student, but when you write, when you're in school, you're, everything has to be perfect. You know, the, your sentence structure has to be perfect. Your paragraphs have to roll from one to the other, the, the spelling, the punctuation, all that has to be perfect before conjugation. You Yes, all of that. <laughs> and when you get it back, you know, you're so proud of it and you think it's perfect and you get it back and it's got this red all over it. And it's like, uh, it just crushes your soul. And so what I try to help authors, especially new authors, understand all you have to do is get your story down. It doesn't have to have any of that perfect to it. It's just your story. And then and then that's where an editor, when you, if you find the right editor, that's where the editor steps in and makes it the perfect writing for your, you know, to be published for your book. That weight is not on your shoulders. As an author, the weight is telling the story. And that's simply as far as it goes. It, I mean, you can take it further and, and work on all that if you choose. But the weight of being an author is just telling your story, just getting it down. And that's, you know, to me, that's the fun part. And uh, the right editor makes you look good. It does. And, and, uh, and, you know, in the new author intensive, which is the, the course that I do, part of what we talk about is finding that right editor, the editor that fits you. And we talk about the questions you need to ask one before you hire them and the things to expect from an editor. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of pieces to it as in anything. You know, David, with your daughter, you know, uh, changing the brakes or putting in a hot water heater, there's steps. And as long as you know them, then you can, they're doable. But without knowing them, boy, it's a massive mountain sometimes. 
are totally unapproachable. You know, like Kim and her weed eater. It's true. <laughs> That's a reality. Just, and this maybe ought to be its own episode is just not being aware that something is possible. That's that right. keeps so many people from so many things because, you know, I, I'm going to say these words, they apply to me in so many different ways. I didn't know success was possible in this area. I didn't know that success was something that I could control in a particular area of my life, whatever that might have been. And once again, as and I'm beating this little dead horse for a second, once you glom on to the idea that, oh no, it's just X, Y, and then maybe some Z, maybe you have to go back around to A, it doesn't matter. But that's why maybe that's where you need the help mm -hmm. is getting to Z and you're good with the X and the Y. That's what you bring to the table. So, yeah. So there is sometimes there is a money barrier. Sometimes there is a knowledge barrier. But the thing is, once you are empowered by what it is that you didn't think was possible. And I guess where I'm trying to really get at is you didn't even know it was in the realm of reality not that you couldn't do it but that it even existed as a thing that can be done that's sometimes that awareness that oh you mean i can do my own taxes or whatever that might be <laughs> and so yeah so that's a that opportunity i think takes people from looking for the right word here takes people from a mental poverty where they just don't have any belief in themselves up to knowledge and then you realize oh now i can start investing that mental money and start making more and that's how you get smart that's how you get life experience that's how you empower others to do the next big thing sorry i had to go off on that little deep tangent for a second. oh I, I thought it was great i, I love the mental poverty term <laughs> i thought that was wonderful <laughs> i think it's a you barrier I don't think that time or money is as big a deal as the you mm -hmm. barrier. Like we talk There's about your episode. <laughs> we the talk you barrier. I love that actually, mm -hmm. because we talk ourselves out of so many things based on not knowing what to do to make it happen instead of pursuing what we can do. Because mm -hmm. even if we don't have enough money to do something, we can find a way to start moving toward it. And it's amazing what will show up in our life when we're moving towards something we believe can happen versus just talking ourselves out of it. Right. I think a lot of times like the time and the money and, and yes, they may be limited, but I think they can be a very easy excuse, mm -hmm. you know, and once you get past the you barrier, then you find ways to remedy those excuses. If, if it's important to you. Can I say something really shocking about writing your story? Mm -hmm. So what had happened was when you start to write your story, there is nothing but you standing in the way because you have pencil and paper or you have a way to put it on digital, some, you know, type it up. You can go to the library. I mean, I want to take away all the excuses. Mm -hmm. You can go to the library and use their technology to type it up or their paper. Like, seriously, there is no 
here anyway. There's right. no excuse for not being able to write your story. Now, that doesn't go on to do all the other things, but you can't get to the other things until you get that far anyway. That's exactly right. That's your first step, getting your story out. In my day job, I do uh, video interviews with franchise owners and employees. We want them to tell their story. Well, obviously, somebody walks in with like four lights, a chair for you to sit in directly across from the interviewer, the professional, and you sit there and we turn on a camera or three or sometimes four. There's a level of nervousness that, that just ramps up. And I always try to calm them down by saying, we're not doing long division. We're not conjugating verbs. I'm looking for two things, experience and opinion. And of all the questions that I'm going to ask, besides what is your name and where do you work? Then everything else is just your experience and your opinion. And you can't get that wrong. It's impossible. Right. Unless you lie to me and then you're not getting it wrong. You're just lying to me. Right. <laughs> so let's be very honest here. Holly lights up when she writes. This princess absolutely does not. Like, <laughs> let's just be very clear about that out of the gate. And yet I have multiple books. So I think that that's the part that we need to definitely share with this. Even if you don't like writing itself, that doesn't have to stop you. That and and it may be that you don't you think you don't like it because you've never had fun doing it. Because I also see people change their mind that have come out of Holly's new author intensive where now they suddenly want to write all the time. Right. And they and they said they weren't a writer and didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And there again, I think that stems back to some of the experiences we have in school growing up, because for 99% of the people, that's your only writing experience was, was what you experienced in school. And that's the only thing you have to base that opinion off of. And so, Getting the smack down when your conjugation doesn't work properly. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, it's, it's a very good thing. And, and, and I look at public education and, and, Holly, you said you taught first grade. My mom taught first and second grade for 41 years. And so <laughs> she lived that mentality. She still lives that mentality of, <laughs> of dealing with first and second graders. But yeah, yeah, just, just that structure that public school tends to give us and forces us to say, all right, here's the way you've got to get these rules right, which you do. You've got to learn those rules. Right. I mean, Michael Jordan didn't just go out there and win. He mm -hmm. He went and learned the rules and then learned the mechanics and learned the, all the other things, but he took it to the highest level point being you have to start somewhere mm -hmm. and we've done episodes on this. You've got to be willing to get it wrong. That's right. And let, and be willing to be shown what is more, I guess we'll call it marketable or sellable or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Influential. Yep. More influential. Ooh. You know, David, I also taught middle school and high school. I am so sorry. Did, <laughs> did writing in every, every aspect of school that I taught. And I taught writing in an unconventional way as far as 
public school goes. And there were times when I would get a new principal or, you know, move to a new school or whatever that I had to kind of fight my case. Mm-hmm. And but I always won, you know, with the with the approach that I took to it. And I have a lot of my former students that are writers in some forms. I even had one in my new author intensive that came back. I had her in sixth grade. And <laughs> can we say hi, Ashley? Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I, I, I think about that and, um, you know, I tried to make that experience different for the students that I had and, and still get those conventions across because you're right. There is, you know, there's certain things you have to learn in school. So, so you have a book inside of you, FYI, mm-hmm. it's a matter of whether you want to get that out or not. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not a book. Maybe you want to do a video documentary. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to do a pamphlet about your life, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Number one, Holly can help you drag <laughs> that out of yourself. Number two, Holly can show you that you probably want to drag that out of yourself <laughs> because the benefits, if we didn't have all this knowledge written down from history, we wouldn't know. We still make all the same mistakes, but at least we're aware that we're not, it's not the first time. <laughs> I mean, read Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. I don't, but that's not the point. <laughs> I've heard of Shakespeare. Uh, but David, people have been telling stories since the beginning of time. You know, we have stories that have been tass- passed down from generation to generation. And, and, you know, some of them we think are probably made up, but then there's some that we know are not. You know, the I'm sure the the details have changed through the years, but the basis is there as well. So, you know, telling stories is not a, it's definitely not a new thing. And I don't think it's a thing that's ever going to go away. I think you're right. (laughs) So share your story, put it down in an email and send it to info at your permission to win.com. We'll publish it. We'll start making some money on it. We'll slip you a little (laughs) bit here and there. So negative ghost rider. (laughs) We will connect you to Holly Totten. That's what we will do. <laughs> we will put Holly's information in the show notes and you can begin your writing journey at your leisure. But you the whole point is beginning your writing journey. That's right. Well, thank you, Holly. Yeah, thank y'all. I enjoyed the time. Great conversation. And Carrie, we had a great time without you. Sorry. <laughs> we missed you, Carrie. <laughs> We didn't have anybody to Google our 12-cylinder words that David throws at us. (laughs) Thanks for spending time with David and Kim. Now it's your turn to explore permission in your world. If you have any thoughts, ideas, or questions about the show, please email info at yourpermissiontowin.com. And although they don't need permission to produce new episodes, they sure would appreciate it. Your permission in the form of a five-star rating and review will help keep the show going. Until next time, here's your permission to win.